Ho, ho, hello there, everybody. <laughs> and welcome to the Miss Mary Stereous Pals Mary, okay. show. All right, all right. That's good. That's good. I like it. Oh, holy night. I'm so happy to have <laughs> my pal Jordan here on tonight's show. Thank you for being here, Jordan. You know, your dad, I heard you one time, he called you Santa's sack. Do you know that? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that when you were walking away when it was happening. Anyway, thank you for being here. Did you... <laughs> Did you have that planned out, that whole beginning there? Uh, oh, a, a little B. Oh, all right. The Ma- nice. Mary Sterius Pals kind of popped in right at the last second I like there. I like it. Three for three on that one. That was good. I, I can't believe it came out. <laughs> well, today, Santa sack, huh? this at the time of this recording, it's not Christmas Day, but this should be going up Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Yeah. Because we technically release them on Mondays, right? Maybe release it on Tuesday. But anyway, this is our this is another Christmas episode following up from last week's Christmas episode that Jordan, which is so lovely, it was such a lovely like we heard about your cops. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, holiday tradition. Yes, yeah. And I am really, I've been thinking about that, and really fills me with joy, <laughs> the holiday spirit. Yeah. But I want to talk about something. Way worse. I mean, last week was pretty. This is, and I'm going to put this right at the top. Pretty grim. I'm going to say um, warning. This is a warning. This is a trigger warning. What they say. I mean, this is some type of warning for you. If you are someone who does not want to hear about the deaths of children oh, God. <laughs> on this Christmas We're ramping Day. ramping up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> After last week. Okay. So we're not going to talk about you know, gruesome stuff as in like gruesome stuff, how children died, like violence and stuff. It's just about a story about how these children died. But the nice thing is Christmas. The nice thing is, yes, this is Christmas episode. Mm. And I don't, hold on. I'm going to say the nice thing is we don't know if they died. Good part. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there is a still is a a silver lining. There is something in the package we opened up. It's not all crap. (laughs) Yeah. At the very bottom of the crap, there may be a nugget of something better than crap. But what did you ask me? What did I ask you? Yeah, you said something. I don't know. I was gonna ask you I don't remember what I was gonna ask you, but I did want to ask you what uh, what's your favorite holiday movie? Oh boy! And in Christmas, you mean in general, or just any holiday? Uh, we'll I mean, is this Christmas in America? This is Christmas yeah, yeah, Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think for most of the world, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Unless you don't celebrate Christmas, right? Then, which is a lot of people. But, but yes, exactly. And thank you for being here. We, we'll do. We'll do Christmas. Okay. Favorite holidays movie? Um, I would say. What's that one with um? not Moby Dick. I don't even know if it's a movie. We talked about it last week. I don't think that's an actual movie. I'm sure they've done a movie of it. Really? Or like, or like a miniseries That seems probably. like it should be prime for something like, you know how they're doing Dune at the time of this recording? Yeah, they're yeah. doing Dune, the second part of yeah. it. And like, pretty, well, it's pretty good. First one's yeah, pretty good. I actually yeah. watched it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, what favorite movie? What about yours? What, tell me yours first while I, while I stew this over. Would you, well, huh, would you consider, I just thought of this because I know this is hotly Debated. Would you consider Nightmare Before Christmas? Is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Oh, that's original the other Die one. Hard. Yeah, I would say I, 
I'm a man who likes Bruce Willis. I'm a man with a signed Bruce Willis thing that was given to me. Wait, what, what do you have signed by him? Po- like a poster. Oh, okay. Or like not a poster, but like a framed thing. Yeah. Someone you know gave it to me. That'd be cool if it was like the ball gag he had in uh, Pulp Fiction he had where he signed that and gave it to you. He like threw it to me like Mean Joe Green. <laughs> Here, you go, kid. Here you go, kid. I'm like, thanks, Bruce. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Willis. My favorite... Oh, but here you go. My mind's oh, yeah. uh, Scrooged. Scrooged? Yeah, with Bill Murray. Did you ever see that one? It's basically Christmas Carol, but uh, it takes place in the 80s because that's when it was made. Is that Groundhog's Day? You talk about Groundhog's Day? I mean... Is it the same thing as Groundhog's Day? No. But it's Bill Murray's in it, yeah. But it's like Armageddon and Deep Impact? <laughs> both about a rock hurtling towards Earth. No, he, he's, uh, he plays the... I'm a Deep Impact person. I don't know who you are. But Deep Impact was better than Armageddon. I think. Although Bruce Willis was uh, in Armageddon. I mean, Armageddon was a little bit more far-fetched. Yeah, Deep, Deep Impact. Impact. I mean, that, that, like, that was like. What was that guy's name? The, the Elijah, president? Elijah Wood. No, yeah. he was, he, Elijah Wood was in that, wasn't he? Who's that? He played uh, a hobbit in Lord of the Rings. You never saw him. I remember this one time we were living together in college and I was like, I'm sick. Do you have Lord of the Rings on DVD? And you're like, no. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'm not doing anything then. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I was like, got, like, I got really sick and I was like, I'm going to watch the Lord of the Rings movie finally. Yeah, I don't have them. And I was like, all right, well. And this was before like streaming services were real big and yeah. I could have watched it on, I probably could have got it on like iTunes at the time, but. Probably could have got it on uh, it Lime, LimeWire. <laughs> Like 2010 at the time. I could have downloaded Heart it, yeah. Day. But I was like in bed. I was like, okay. I don't want to wait for it to download. All right. As when we lived in a house next to the railroad that when the train went oh by, and stuff God. was shaking. And it was a great house. It was all wood. It was, it was just like the story. <laughs> yeah. Just like in our story tonight. Highly flammable. But thank you for being here. My favorite video movie. Probably like that, that, uh, that's that Grinch movie. It's probably the one I've seen the most. That Grinch movie, like the half hour special. Yeah, that's great. Or the Muppets Christmas Carol. Christmas that was pretty good. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those. Um, as a kid. Yeah. I think I watched. There's a lot of weird stuff I've watched. Ellie uh, found a. Because that's her favorite Christmas movie. She found a vinyl. On Amazon, I think she found it. Maybe Pinterest. She spent an absurd amount of money. With a vinyl for Muppets Christmas Carol. And just download the MP3s. Yeah. I mean, she could have, I guess, but she I'm felt guilty, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm one of those money, enjoy it." You're like, you know, I'm one of those people that just don't like records. I think they sound like poopies. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get mercy, or, you know, mercy killed on the internet for that one. But <laughs> mercy killed. Christmas, 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 holidays, family. Yeah, um, I think I think any Christmas movie is a good Christmas movie for the most part. Yeah, unless it's like they had that Krampus movie that came out a few years ago. Was that the that was like a, a horror movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Krampus. Yeah, yeah. And then they had um, Santa Slay with Goldberg. Oh, well, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, terrible, terrible. But like, it's fun to watch. Is it so bad? Yeah, one of those. But I don't think it was tended to be bad. So that you know. Yeah, I think it was tended to be serious, but yeah. they're like, oh wait, we don't know how to make movies. <laughs> and Goldberg's in it. There's a lot of weird movies out there for Christmas. Especially yeah. horror Christmas, like Gremlins. Isn't Gremlins like a Christmas yeah. Yeah, yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That movie is great too. That is a good movie. Although, again, I saw it way too young. 
It's one of those movies you see way too young. I think we talked about Jaws. Yeah. See, see way too young. And you're like, I shouldn't be watching this, but I'm going to keep watching it. Was it the second or first one where there's like the female gremlin? I think it was. I, I don't I remember. Again, I saw I remember way too seeing young. the female gremlin being very confused. I was like, oh. my grandparents had HBO. <laughs> okay. And, they would, and I would stay over there frequently. And I was like, Your grandparents had HBO? Yeah. Like, Cin- like Cinemax and HBO. And like, I would be there at like, you know, on the weekends or at night, maybe go to bed. And I'd be like, oh man. Some R-rated movies on. That's like I shouldn't be watching this, but I'm going to watch it. It's very violent, yeah. and very you know, not for people and things creep into your brain. And you're yep. like, whoa, buddy, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Gremlins is not that good. I mean, there's a lot of those 80 movies. Wasn't, they're they're intended for kids, but like, yeah, probably shouldn't have watched them. And then you watch the cartoons at the time. You're like, nah, eh, all right, yeah, terribly animated. Yeah, yeah. Like any that any cartoon that wasn't Disney or Hanna Barbera. Mm. was terrible like just terrible yeah they're gonna cash in you know which is funny because like there's that show on netflix about the toys that made us and they're yeah, all yeah. just basically yeah. the tv shows were just yeah. commercials for people to buy toys because <laughs> every season yes. a new person yeah. entered or a new yeah. there's like a gi joe's G-Man, episode gi joe i remember gi joe's there was like this this one like few seasons like one or two seasons in it was like the second or third season like all the GI Joes got like hijacked to another dimension, and so they had to bring out a whole new like. I remember watching and being so confused about what the heck was going on in that show. Yeah, they kept like you said, they're pumping out, trying to get people to buy more toys, so they just keep adding and taking out characters. Like, what is going on? My dad worked at uh, a store at the time, who has gone out of business. The Hills Department Store, mm. like Kmart, Ames, Hills, like those department stores. And he used to just get every day. He would just grab like one of the GI Joe guys. I had. I still have, they're probably still in my attic or my parents' attic. Hundreds of them. Really? Hundreds of GIJs, like the small ones with the rubber yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the rubber bands broke. Yeah. They dry rotted. But like we would stick firecrackers in our bellies and blow them apart all the time during <laughs> wars. Like we would have like real wars because um, we had so many of them. I had so many of the Cobra like soldiers, the foot soldiers and stuff. Yeah. So many of them. Yeah. 80s were great. 90s were great. 2000s were great. Right now is great. It's all great. Mm. I mean, that's what we worried about. You know, we weren't worried about farming and stuff but in our story today christmas you know, was was the story was the was the reason for the season christmas in our in our the holidays okay i want to make sure that we make it clear like christmas is the only season <laughs> it's it's important yeah. that we everybody whatever you celebrate doesn't matter i don't care celebrate what you want believe what you want whatever just be a good person in our case mystery today takes place on Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. Okay. We're going to be looking and ask the question, where is the missing solder children? And this is a common, this is a pretty popular story. Yeah, I've never heard about this. Yeah. And it's, we're going to go over it because I was looking for something that was Christmas themed. And there's, if you Google Christmas mysteries. Yeah, which I did. There's a thousand books, fiction books about Christmas mysteries. Yeah, fiction though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Which that, that word always messes me yeah. up. Again, not a literature guy. <laughs> not no, fiction. Thing I was like, oh, this is cool. It's clearly fiction. Yeah. Another one. Oh, fiction. And they always go back. This is always one of the big ones. And that's the reason why I usually try to do something. And I don't like true crime stuff, which luckily this is more mystery based, not like murder based, but yeah. it could be murder. It's like kind of back and forth. But John Bonet kept coming up. Was, was that on Christmas too? I think, I think so. Christmas or New Year's. Like around that time. Yeah. Yeah. They just find that. That one guy just admitted to killing that one girl. 
the uh the one that happened like Aruba or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He admitted. He finally admitted after like twenty yeah. years or whatever it yeah. is. Christmas. And we're gonna move on to something <laughs> even more terrible. Yeah. So we're gonna be talking about the Sauter children and what happened to them and the whole Sauter family, actually. Our story begins in Fayetteville, West Virginia, where George and Jenny Sauter lived in a, a stick framed house, which is important. Some of these details. Stick framed house. Stick framed. It's a wood. There's yeah. no bricks. Right. Which is important. We'll come back to that. It will come up again. With nine of their 10 children. They had 10, ten children. children. They had 10 children, which is pretty yeah, common. Yeah. Again, no, we yeah, talked right. yeah, about. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need, you need kids to farm. Right. Yeah. Man. I imagine they all don't have their own rooms either. Like they're probably like. Ugh. You're right. Sounds awful. But what was understood was, or what was known, so Mr. Sauter, George Sauter, was an Italian immigrant. I didn't know that. Okay. So Italian immigrant. His wife, Jenny Sauter, was an Italian, uh, Jenny was an Italian immigrant as well. Between 1923 and 1943, they had 10 children. 20 year span. Yeah. Helping out a kid every two years. They didn't live on a farm. Right. Okay. They he had a transportation company that was actually pretty lucrative, um, and so he was really well known in the community. But he was also very outspoken about his anti Mussolini views. Okay. At this time, World War II was going on, or prior to World War II, going through that, he was always very yeah. outspoken about that. Left Italy at a later age, leave. I can't remember his age, but his brother went back to Italy, but he came here. And then Mussolini and, and all that yeah, stuff was yeah. going on around after that time. But he was very against him. Which is dangerous. For anybody at yeah, that time. Yeah. So on December 24th, 1945, well, it's Christmas Eve, a fire broke out in the Sauter home. The fire spread very quickly. And both George and Jeannie managed to escape with four of their nine children who were at home. One was off at war. Yeah. Five children, Maurice, Martha, Louise, Jenny, Louis, Jenny, and Betty were unaccounted for as they all shared an attic bedroom. However, a search for the rubble revealed no human remains, leading to confusion and suspicion about the fate of the missing children. So we're going to go back now and start again okay. from the very beginning of the story. But that's kind of the overview of what we're doing. So those five kids, they all slept in the attic? They shared a bedroom in the attic. Okay. All right, so we're going to go back and talk about the events leading up to the fire. So the Sauter family celebrated Christmas Eve in 1945. Again, one of their children was off at war. So they're their oldest. Martha, who's 12, Jenny, who was 8, and Betty, who was 5, were excited about new toys. Their older sister, Marion, who was 19, had bought them and let them, and they got to open on Christmas Eve. Okay. So then, because of this gifts, they asked their mother if they could stay up later than usual, and she said yes. At 10 p.m., Jenny told them they could stay up a little later, and she took Sylvia, who was two, upstairs, and they went to bed together. So Sylvia, two-year-old, went to bed with the mother at 10 p.m. John, who was 22, George Jr., who was 16, and George Sr. were already asleep at this point. 
14-year-old Maurice and 9-year-old brother Louis remembered to put the cows in and feed the chickens before going to bed themselves around the time their mother was going to bed with Sylvia. So they went back, they went outside, put the, uh, you know, put the cows in. Do the chores. Right. And this is like, this isn't an actual like big farm, livestock farm. This is just, probably just had a few cows, a few livestock yeah. for food. Yeah, for their own. Yeah. But they are, I mean, they, they weren't, they weren't close to the city, but they were, you know, he was, he made decent money being in this transportation system mm-hmm. and business that he had. There were two strange things that happened that night leading up to the fire. And this was noted by Jenny, the mother. Now there's two Jennies, the daughter and yeah. her mother. So here's strange thing one. At around 1230, Jenny woke up and went downstairs to answer a ringing phone. The mother. The mother. She woke up, went downstairs. The caller was a woman whose voice did, was not recognized by Jenny. So Jenny, the mother, did not recognize the voice of the caller. And she was asking for someone else. Like, you know, it was a, basically what it sounds like. It was a call that was the wrong number on Christmas Eve. And in the background, they could hear a party going on. Jenny reported hearing some type of party in the background. This person was calling someone, noting that they do have a phone, and it's working at this point, yeah. 1230. Okay. So, at one point, I do know before, like, phone numbers were given, you had to call. You want to make a call, you had to call the operator or yeah. dial the operator and give the address of who you wanted to call. But, you know, you could still, it could still be, like, a, a miss, like a, a, an accidental, like, phone call like they got the wrong house number but right so what you did this was this was before we had electric switches now we have electric switches yeah cool you know now we don't we have digital switches but like we had a person that would sit there and you pick up the phone and yeah, say operator. they actually basically connect two wires yeah. together so they have the switchboard yeah. so you would say yes your switchboard and so this is what happened this person probably said the address or a number because it's not like they knew like oh this is the solder family right they just connected two numbers two yeah. wires together. it may have been misconnection oh uh, that's true too yeah yeah Maybe this operator was drunk, but that's going to come up again. So not the drunk operator, but (laughs) so they say claim it was a call that was, it was not intended for this, this house. They could hear a party going on in the background. So that's why she thought it was just a wrong number. It was noted that Jenny, when she told her it was a wrong number, it was a weird laugh the lady had, but it could be because she was drunk. Was Christmas calling. Right. Is your refrigerator running? She hung up and went back to bed. She did notice on her way back to bed that the lights were still on and the curtains were not drawn. Two things that children normally attended to as chores before they went to bed. And they were staying up later than their parents, so they would have done those things Okay. when they went to bed. And this is 1230. Marion, however, the 19-year-old, fallen asleep on the living room couch. So Jenny assumed the other children who had stayed up later had gone back up to the attic where they slept. So Marion was the one who was being charged with them, I guess. Yeah. She herself, Jenny, closed the curtains and turned out the lights and returned to bed. So she did all that stuff. It's Christmas. Maybe she just thought. It just forgot. They were too yeah. excited. They went to bed. Whatever. Santa's coming. Yeah, Santa Claus is coming. Right. Strange thing number two. At 1 a.m. Wait, I'm going to step back. I never really realized that they didn't say. I never woke up to like put the presents out if Santa was an actual thing in this family. <laughs> and this is mid 1900. I mean, this is 1945. You said, yeah, 1945. George was already sleeping. Was she going to wake him up at like 5 a.m.? That's weird because she doesn't ever say that. I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, so uh, backtracking a little bit, did they ever? When the woman called, they 
give a name? Like, she was she looking for, give a name of who she was looking for? Did they say yes. that? Yes, it was unfamiliar. Okay. Yeah, she was asking for a, a name that she was not familiar with. Okay, okay, sorry. So, obvious, I mean, at this time, it seems like a missed call. Okay. But that's going to come up again. So, back to strange thing number two. At 1 a.m., Jenny was again awakened by the sound of an object hitting the house's roof with a loud bang and then rolling uh, down the roof. Santa Claus. He died. Yes. He just slammed right into the house. <laughs> yeah. And this is a stick brand house, little, too, so remember. Slip in the sauce. I mean, he was busy. I mean, this is a stressful time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after hearing nothing further, she just went back to sleep. Hmm. So she didn't go investigate or anything like that? It could have been a dream. We don't know. I mean, yeah. they didn't really report on that, but she just went back to sleep. Okay. But she wasn't I, asleep that long, though, right? Because she sit around- At 1 a.m., she woke back up. But around midnight or something like that, she 12 saw- 12.30. She saw- She was only asleep for like half an hour. Yes, half hour. Okay. After another half hour, she woke up. And she smelled smoke. And that's those two. I just went over the two strange things. This is after those. This is okay. Now this is this fire. She smells out smelling smoke. This is after a half hour. She says, when she got up, she found that the room George used for his office was on fire around the telephone line and a fuse box. Okay. Jenny woke him up, and he in turn woke up his older sons, both parents, and four of the children. Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr. escaped the house. They frantically yelled to the children upstairs, but oh, heard God. no response. <laughs> and remember that. They heard no response. They could not go up the stairwell uh, because of the flames. Oh, man. Okay. I don't have kids, but this is like, this is rough. Right. It's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. They And I want to note this. I want to point this note out very clearly. They yelled up there, but no response, meaning... They may have left the house thinking the kids had already escaped because they did not hear them crying or screaming or anything. They noted that. It's well documented. They'd never heard anybody upstairs. Okay. So if there's a fire going on, they would have heard kids screaming. Anybody should have heard kids screaming at unless that point. Already, Five kids. Unless they were already dead. Right. Unless they were dead or they weren't there. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. So no, remember that. That's important. So once they get outside, they realize the kids aren't out there. It's frantic. They're like, oh, crap. Where are the kids at? They're not yeah. out here. We thought they were out here because we didn't hear them up there. Right. So what he does, starts freaking out, and he starts um, figuring out ways to save the kids. Knowing he can't go back in the house because there's too many flames. He can't get up the steps. It's mm -hmm. too bad. The phone did not work. Right, because it's on, on fire, right? Because of the... Wait. The phone did not work. So Marion, 19-year-old, ran to a neighbor's house to call the Fayetteville Fire Department. George, barefoot, attempted to climb the house outside wall to break open a window, cutting his arm in the process, which I don't know why that's that's a detail, but that was a common detail of like he cut himself. He and his other sons intended to use a ladder to the attic to rescue the other children, but it was not an unusual resting spot. The spot that they would store the ladder wasn't there. All right. And he could not find it anywhere nearby. A water barrel that could have been used to help extinguish some of the flames was um, frozen because it was Winner, yeah. George then tried to pull up both of his work trucks up to the house and use them to climb the attic window, but neither of them would start. At this point, the those who escaped the solder mm -hmm. house had no choice but to watch the house burn because there's no way back in. Yeah, trucks wouldn't start. No ladder. ladder's gone, and they can't frozen. climb the house. Yeah, there's no water they could use to help. Whatever. 
the house burned for 45 minutes before it collapsed. So stick frame house. There's no bricks. Yeah. So it would probably go pretty fast. Meaning stick frame means there's no bricks. Yeah. No concrete like involved. It's just wood with it wood for, siding. I'm surprised it took 45 minutes. I think it was kind of a bigger house. Yeah. Because he had an office, that type of thing. And they did have a phone. They did have electricity, that type of stuff. So the next day, the fire department low on manpower due to the war and relying on individual firefighters to call each other did not respond until that morning, the next morning. So no one showed up. Marion went and called them and couldn't get a hold of them. Chief Morris, who is the chief fire chief, said the next day that already a slow response was further hampered by his inability to drive a fire truck. So the chief of the fire department could not drive the fire truck. So he had to wait until someone else could get there to get out to the location. So this is already in the morning. Yeah, yeah. This is a past. Yeah. One of Jenny's brother was a firefighter. Mom. His nieces and nephews. He could do little but look through the ashes that were left of the basement, in the basement. Everything burned down in the basement. I think it's crazy. She ran to the, even, she went and called the fire department. Right, the neighbors, right? Yeah, and no one could get a hold of the fire department. Christmas Eve, there's a war going on. Yeah. Also, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, they're, yeah. Probably having a party. Or they're at home with their families. Yeah. So by 10 a.m., Chief Morris told the Sodders that they had not found any bones, as you might have expected um, when people die in a fire. There should have been bones and teeth yeah, right. left over. Which we yeah, something talked about left last over. week. Yes, we talked about last week. The kids did not spontaneous combust. <laughs> but it has been noted by modern fire professionals, people looking at this instance again, that that it was probably just a basic search. They probably weren't going too deep. But again, this is the the uncle of the kids. Yeah, 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 they probably say, look. At, I feel like he'd be maybe be pretty extensive with it. Possibly. Nevertheless, Chief Morris believed that the five children unaccounted for had died in the fire, suggesting that it may have been hot enough to burn their bodies completely. So we're going to get into that. It's going to be some of the stuff I talk about. So in the following days, Chief Morris told George to leave the site undisturbed so that the state fire marshal's office could conduct more and thorough investigation. However, four days after, George and his wife could not bear the site anymore, so they bulldozed five feet of dirt over the site with the intention of converting it to a memorial garden for the lost children. That's nice. Right? But, but it's only, you got to let, yeah. I mean, at this time, maybe didn't really understand forensics. Yeah, right. So, but... Five days or four days, five feet of dirt, bulldoze it. Again, he's not digging it out. He's just covering it. Yeah. So it still preserves stuff. We're going to go over that again. It's going to come up again. The local coroner convened an inquest the next day after the bulldozing, which uh, which held that the fire was an accident caused by faulty wiring in the house. Mm-hmm. Jenny noted that the fire was around those uh, the, the fuse box line, right? and a telephone wire, which there's no electricity technically going. It's not the same wires. Okay. Phone wire is different from electricity. Right. So death certificates for the five children were issued on December 30th, five days after the fire. Lose your kids, lose your house. On Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. Yeah. And the fire department couldn't even show up. Yeah. 
It's like they're gonna be bothered. And it's gonna this is gonna be this is where all those things get the details get weird. So, and this is what I'm calling the section of strange detail. Mm. Not theory, Jeff. George's criticism of the late dictator Mussolini had left some with hard feelings in this in the town of Fayetteville because it was a town settled by a lot of Italian immigrants. Okay. Although Mussolini had already been taken down, executed by this time, George's critical remarks might have left a trace uh, with people in the town who were on his side and maybe won revenge. Okay. So in 1945, uh, in October of 1945, a visiting life insurance salesman who had been rebuffed, basically he was like, I don't need life insurance, uh, warned George that his house would go up in smoke. And your children are going to be destroyed. Attributing Ooh, all this to dirty remarks that you made about Mussolini. That's a quote. So life insurance salesman said this to him? Because you're critical of Mussolini. I mean, okay. this guy's so, clearly a suspect. Or is he saying, <laughs> but I thought it was like, well, he's saying that because he wants to sell you life insurance. Yeah, 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 but like, but didn't he say because of what you said about Mussolini? Yeah. It's quoted. Like this guy, this, you did it. We're done. Well, well Solve the mystery. we're going. So, a private investigator, however, informed the family that the insurance salesman who threatened George over the anti-Mussolini sentiments had been on the coroner's jury that ruled, had been on the coroner's jury that ruled the fire and accidents. He was on that court, like after the fact, they found out yeah. that he was actually part of that, and said he was one of the ones that said, "Oh, it was an accident." Weird. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Here's another strange detail. <laughs> Number two. I don't really want to number things. I'm like, because that establishes order. They're all the same right. level. We're all the same here. Clearly, there's no order. Right. Kids, yeah. kids are all dead. <laughs> right. It's all chaos. Well, we don't know. It's all, well, it's know. true. It's right. true. Just yeah. wait. We're getting there. Saddle up. <laughs> Cowboy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Another visitor for the house, ostensibly seeking work took the occasion to go around the back and warn George that a pair of fuse boxes would cause a fire someday. So this is a strange detail about electricity. Again, mm-hmm. again I'm sure, well, would there have been fire codes? Yeah, there was. And we'll get into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So George was puzzled by the observation since he had just had the house rewired when an electric stove was installed and the local electric company had said afterwards that it was safe to operate. Mm. So the electric right. company... Did the inspection. Okay. So again, there were, it wasn't like electricity being, it's put around the nation, attached to all these homes. Yeah. Yeah. There were shoddy work. There were places that it wasn't great, but it seemed like this guy had, George. Took the appropriate measures. Yeah. He was thinking safety and, and he had the means to make it happen. The uh, fire chief Morris uh, believed the fire was caused by faulty wiring but the exact cause was never definitively determined on what that means. He never defined like, oh, this plug or okay. this stove caused okay. the fire. However, if it had caused by an electrical problem, strange detail. This is strange detail number two. Or, no, this is strange detail. That's uh, still part of two. Yeah, yeah. This is part of two. It's all electricity. <laughs> Electrical. However. Check those Christmas lights you put up, everybody, by the way, now that we're talking about this. Brian, uh, <laughs> Rudolph over there. 
However, if it was caused by an electrical problem, the family's Christmas lights <laughs> remained on throughout the fire's early stages when they were outside. Whoa. All right. Right, 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 right. Mm. When the power should have gone out. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, these are the strange details <laughs> on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever this is going up. All right, okay. Yeah, okay. You, you there with me? Yeah, I'm just trying, I'm trying to... I'm guide my sleigh, Rudolph, <laughs> through the story. Okay. So there's, this is. Crystal lights are still, we're still on yes, the start of the fire. Correct. And they were on through all, through a bunch of the fire, during the a fire, while they're, the fire. while they're trying to save the kids and stuff. It's still on. So they noticed the, these lights, the crystal yes. lights. Oh, okay. That's why we know that it couldn't have been a faulty, it, it may not have been, unless it was a, a plug, you know, yeah. like an outlet that had caught a fire, right. but it still might have caused. A circuit issue. I, again, I, there's a lot of details there. It's a strange detail that we don't really right. know. The family did note. All the members of the family said that the lights were on. Okay. Another strange detail. In the weeks before Christmas that year, George's older son had noticed a strange car parked along the main highway through town. Its occupants watching the younger solder children as they returned from school. So their house was on a main highway. Okay. Like, you know, and when we say main highways, it wasn't like... You know, the, the highways you have now, it was just like, like the main route. road. Yeah, yeah like, the route. Yeah, yeah. Right, correct. It's on route, I think it's route 19, what they call it now in, okay. in West. And the younger children are the ones who were sleeping in the attic? Is correct. That right? okay. And they're the ones getting off the bus, like getting back from school. And they said they noticed, uh, the older ones noticed cars watching them, a car watching them. Weeks prior. Another strange detail, the ladders. We mentioned right, they couldn't the, find them. Yeah. They found the ladder that was missing from the side of the house at the bottom of embankment 75 feet away. What? So that the ladders that are usually in the same yeah. spot that they right. should be were 75, 75 feet, feet away. away. Another strange detail, the telephone. Telephone repairman told the solders the house phone line had not been burned through. Mm. Rather, it had been cut by someone willing and able to climb 14 feet in the air and cut it like yeah. off the line. With the ladder that was found in the embankment. Maybe. A man the neighbors saw stealing block and tackle from the property around the time of the fire mm -hmm. was identified and arrested. They saw some guy stealing stuff. He admitted to the theft. He admitted to the theft and he claimed that he had been the one who cut the phone line thinking it was the power line, but he denied to have to do anything with the power okay. or with the fire. So he's Sorry. trying to cut the light, light lights out so it wouldn't be seen. Yeah. To steal block and the, tackle. Okay. Which, you know, block and tackle was? No. Things like pick stuff up. It's a, yeah. it's like a, a pulley system to pick up like heavy okay. objects. So you like hang the thing up, but, it, but, uh, is it mechanized? No. It's okay. just, you pull right. it because of the pulleys, it makes it easier. Gotcha. To pick stuff okay. up. So he cut in order to steal, He's because, just going to cut the electric. Okay, but he cut the telephone. Which line. seems like an insane thing to do. Which is why this is a weird, strange detail. Because why the hell would you just go steal it? Yeah. It's Christmas Eve. The hell you it's doing? Christmas Eve to steal stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. There is no record um, of the suspect, though. And why would he have been wanting to cut utility lines to the solder house when stealing the block and tackle? I just said. So again, they've never actually, well, this is reported on, 
there was no records of this actually happening, but it seems like the story is still kind of all over the place. Okay. Well, this guy admitted to stealing. Supposedly there was a guy who admitted to it. Okay. But he didn't start the fire, but he cut the phone line, but the phone line was still cut in so, any way you okay, think about okay, it okay. from what, from what the research says. Right. The trucks, the solder trucks failure to start was also considered a strange detail. However, later on, well after the fact, um, George's son-in-law said that maybe the issue could have been because they were in such a rush, they flooded the, the truck's engines because they were trying to start them so quickly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, back yeah. then, fuel yeah. injection wasn't really a thing right. as we have now. They probably flooded okay. the engines out. Another strange detail is the phone call. This is our last strange detail. The phone call. Some accounts have suggested that the wrong number phone call to the solder house might have also been a way uh sort of been a distraction could have been a distraction thank you however investigators later located the woman who had made the phone call she confirmed it and the wrong number on her parts and no arrests were made oh but again how do you you how do you connect all those dots yeah 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 still a mystery how would you but they did find her and ask questions and blah 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 probably follow up with some leads and we'll get into like the fbi gets involved in some all right, so that's also all the strange details. What we're going to do is talk about the aftermath of the fire and then get into our theories. So evidence emerged indicating that the fire had not started as an electrical fault and instead was set deliberately. The driver of a bus passing through the Fayetteville late Christmas Eve said he had saw some people throwing balls of fire at the house. That seems like pretty far-fetched. But, I mean, the mom did hear something hit the roof, Correct. right? That's why it's only could be credible. A few months later, when the snow melted, Sylvia, one of the children, found a small, hard, dark green rubber ball uh, object in the brush nearby. Again, I don't, that could have been a ball they were thrown for the dog. Yeah. But, or it could have been the thing that hit the roof that was yeah. on fire. What hit the roof? What did she hear rolling down the roof? That'd be kind of, that'd be kind of confusing for everybody or yeah. like alarming. Yeah. For anybody. I don't know why she didn't investigate it further. It's weird, like, you just hear something like that in the middle of the night, hit a, hit a roof, and you're and like... And roll. You hear that. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you know, we all know what that sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Other witnesses um, have claimed to seen the missing solder children. Um, one woman who had been watching the fire from the road said she had seen someone, some of them peering out of a passing car while the house was burning. Another mm-hmm. woman at the rest stop between Fayetteville and Charleston said that she had served them breakfast the next morning and noted the presence of a car with Florida license plates in the rest stop parking lots as well. Mm. That they had, there was a Florida license plate car at the rest stop with children that supposedly were there. Really? It's always weird. Did you say the children were by themselves? That's a good question. I don't think they mentioned. Okay. They said that she saw them. I think they did mention in the story that they do mention them with people. Okay. Um, on one occasion, George saw a magazine photo of a group of young ballet dancers in New York City, one of whom looked exactly like his daughter, Betty. <laughs> he drove all the way there. That'd be nuts. Repeatedly demanded to me see the girl and obviously the school. He drove there? Yeah. Obviously oh, the school right. basically said no. Yeah. You're just random guys showing up. Saying, right. Let me see some girl. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm not gonna lie. I like when he first said that the fire happened and like they got outside but the other kids were upstairs. I'm like, well, shouldn't the dad go try and do something? He but, tried. But I do like the fact that, like, he tried to get back inside the house. 
He was calling their names. Calling their they names. weren't going to the window and being like, help right. us. Yeah. You he couldn't to, see them. There was yeah. no, there was no way or there's no evidence they were still in the house. Yeah. But I do like, he, you know, he tried to find the ladder up there, try to get the trucks so he can climb up there, cut his arm, trying to break in the window to get up there. Driving to New York, and they're in like they're West Virginia, right? So he drives mm-hmm. to New York to. Well, this is like the years after he does a lot of this. I know, I'm just saying, it's just like he's trying. Yeah, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's obviously not, not giving not, up hope. Right. He's not yeah. just like disappearing and being like, oh yeah, they. I do think it is kind of where they, you know, covered up the house with dirt. But I can see that we're being, not a parent. You know, it's kind of like I can see that being like such a traumatizing thing. I'm not a parent, but I can see that being a traumatizing thing. Like I don't want to be reminded of this, but I want this to be a memorial for my kids. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you still have some other kids you have to take care sure, of. Yeah, yeah. You know, that type of thing. All right. So again, he drives to New York. No, they can't, they don't nothing comes of that. He goes to the FBI and he tried to get um the FBI to get involved. J. Edgar Hoover personally responded to his letters, uh, saying that you're, we can't just take this case. We have to get asked by the state and local right, officials. Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't get involved until that happened. Local officials never asked. Until later, actually. All right. In August of 1949, George was able to persuade a, a Washington, D.C. pathologist, Oscar Hunter, to supervise a new search through the dirt of the house. So Because he just buried it, yeah. it's all still there. Which, in some cases, may have been smart because it would have rained. Right, like, yeah, yeah. It's all kind of covered up. Yeah. Undisturbed. Right. After a very thorough search, they had found things like a dictionary and other things that belonged to the children, like coins. Several small bone fragments were on Earth determined to have been a human vertebrae. Mm. Ooh. No, not yet, Rudolph. Just hold on. Pump your brakes, reindeer. Right, Dasher. They were confirmed to be lumbar vertebrae from a person who was the age of 16 or 17 years old, which is way older than the kids. Too old, the kids. It's very unlikely that these bones were from any of the five missing, since the oldest was Maurice, who was 14. Also, the bones showed no sign of fire damage. No one playing at them. But. Maybe. Although everybody agreed it was very weird, they were the only bones found in the entire pit. Hmm. Just these vertebrae from a 16 or 17-year-old male. Since the fire was of short, such short uh, duration, and it was wood, it would have left, by all accounts, it should have left an entire human skeleton for each child. The report concluded that the vertebrae was most likely from the dirt that George used from the bulldozer site, which was traced back to an old cemetery. Oh. So he got a bunch of dirt and filled it in, and okay. there happened to be some vert bones in there from Jeez. a person of that age. who They don't think they really go into how, like, with the year that person was born. Yeah. So at this point, the kind of in 1950s, uh, it's really starting to gain a lot of like, national attention. Yeah, this, this is, is nuts. five years later. This is insane. Right. West Virginia legislature held two hearings in 1950. Afterwards, the governor and state police superintendent told the Sodders that the case was hopeless and closed it. Like, we have no idea. This is insane. Yeah. We have all the clues. There's, they're not leading us anywhere. At that point, the FBI decides to uh, roll it as a possible interstate kidnapping, and they start. Um, kind of following up, mm. but after two years they drop it. 
because there was no other leads. There's, it was like basically they couldn't find anything. I could imagine like, you're like, oh, finally, you know, we're, we're getting some more attention. This is being brought to our children missing and more people are getting involved. The FBI is getting involved. Like, I would, it's finally starting to pick up, but it's like five years later. Yeah, but it'd be like hard not to like, after the, that much time, then not get your hopes up. And then FBI is like, yeah, we're sorry, we're done. Like, we can't figure it out. Yeah. Like, the FBI is like, FBI we can't have figure no out. idea. Yeah. yeah. And that probably happens a lot more than we know. Yeah, I'm just saying. Or things it, go cold. I'm just to be like, yeah, right. Again, in the we, shoes of, of someone who. Did you ever look up the Gilgo Beach murders we talked about? Totally about that. But like, that was a cold case. Yeah. For years. And then they finally opened yeah. it back up. Yeah, you never know. But just being, right. uh, being in the shoes of someone like that would be awful. Okay, so in 1952, they put up a billboard on the side of the house, which brought a potential lead. So this billboard was kind of like a landmark in the area for a long time. And I think up to recently, it was still up. And I think after, uh, I, I don't know when it finally came down, but it may have been replaced or something like that. Mm. And I, I, I don't think I have it in my notes, but it was it was a kind of landmark in the area. Yeah. So 1962, they put this up? <clears throat> 1952. 52, sorry. So at that point, you what you get when you put out flyers and stuff like that, you start getting like obviously you get people that think, yeah, you know, and that's uh, false leads. Sure, you know, whenever they have like a lot of national events, there's also like hundreds and hundreds of leads that come in. Plus, if these kids are still alive, like they're going to be significantly older at this point too. Well, it's it's fifty two, nineteen fifty two, so it, it seven years old. Yeah. yeah. So as all these leads started coming in, George started following up with them. He started traveling. All and tons of leads came in. People from like St. Louis, Missouri, claimed that. Uh, there was a covenant, that, a covenant there that held Martha, one of the children. A person in Texas overheard other people talking about. Uh, Wait, hold on. You said some witches were hold, holding coven, covenant, uh, nuns. Oh, nuns! <laughs> they said witch co- nuns. They said coven. I was like, "Wait, what? Some witches? There you go. Yeah, witches. They, the witches brew. They're putting yeah. like spells on people. Yeah, boil, boil." Toil and trouble. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All to those. We have your children. Right. That's, yeah, that's how it goes. Take a children. I mean, that's what Santa does, right? Yeah. yeah he's a bad guy. There's also like things in like Texas, where, like some people are like hurt some others over talking about this thing. And then there's one story about like this bartender heard these patrons talking about it Christmas Eve, took these children, and then the George found out about it because his lady reported to him. Mm. And then uh, they, police followed up with it. And it was like, oh, no, we were just joking. Like, so that, so you know, they're just bringing these up because there's so many things that are happening. Yeah. That are just, George is just following them all. Right. He's trying to find the kids. Yeah. Even to his, up to his death. I'm sure the more this becomes uh, more nationalized or becomes more popular within the nation, like more people come forward and be like, oh, I saw your kids. Like in 1967, when George went to Houston because someone claimed to be Lewis, one of the children. Um, he revealed his identity, although it was thought that he did it in a bar when he was too much to drink. So George followed up with this, and they were never able to conclusively prove that this kid was that person, or this, this person was one of the kids. Yeah. Although he got in contact with the police there and he found out that the men were just, again, they were just joking, joking around at a bar. Ugh. It's just like, that's what's like, so I'm reason I'm bringing up these simple stories, like these stories that are short is because George and Jenny were tortured their entire lives after this. He yeah, was trying awful. to fix it and he was being tortured by this the world. This is the world. worst Christmas story ever, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised this has been made into like a movie or like a show. A movie. Here's those kids that died. <laughs> I'm not, saying, to, I'm not saying it's gonna be a Christmas the movie. What's the fun hook about it? <laughs> but like, like the way like people love this stuff, like the, the Halloween. It's like a murder mystery, like stuff. Lifetime movie. I don't know if there has been. We'll look it up because right. that'd be a good question. That's I'm crazy. Sure there's yeah, been documentaries the, about it. I think it was yeah. on like it was probably like an unsolved mysteries. Yeah, that show used to creep me out. Just the sound, just the music uh, creeped that, me out. Uh, I used to, I used to hear that in my dreams. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that was a terrible song. But it was effective. <laughs> You're like, ah, mom, more popcorn. Can put I play on, Mario yeah, now? Put on cops. Yeah. I'm scared. It's Christmas. I watch cops on Christmas, not unsolved. That's what my family watched. All right. That'd be sweet. It's just, we've got had on rotation. It was like one and the other. All right. So there was a letter they received that same year, 1967. That was brought them the most credible evidence that at least Lewis was still alive. 21 years later. Right. Ugh, man. 22 years. 67? Yeah, 22, sorry. I, uh, Math's hard. Maybe. All right, anyway. One day, Jenny found a letter in the mailbox addressed to her, postmarked in Central City, Kentucky, with no return address. Inside was a picture of a young man of around 30, with features strongly resembling Lewis's. He would have been in his 30s if he had survived the fire. Mm. On the back of the picture was written, Lewis Soder, I love brother Frankie, Lil Boys, A901232, or A901 357. I don't know. Again, in the back of the letter. Or the, it's in the back of the picture. So. Okay. The family hired Sorry. another private detective to look into the matter, but never heard back from him, which is weird. And never were, un, were uh, never able to locate. But this this letter came from no return address, right? Correct. And they were never able to locate the person. There's, so, just, and there's just random letters and numbers on the back of it. Say, yeah. Uh, then, like, what was like? I the, don't know if that's like maybe that was how they did phone numbers. numbers. But that was in the '60s, so yeah, they would have been normal have, phone numbers. Yeah. Right? So this is a, this is kind of like the legacy. Of everything. So George Soder died in 1969, two years after that picture. Jenny died in 1989. Whoa. Right. Sylvia Soder uh, was the youngest. Soder That's the little, the so- two year old. Soder? Soder? Soder. Soder. Sorry. Whoops. Go back and fix all those. Soder. Sylvia Soder, the youngest of the uh, siblings, died in 2021. Really? Right. She believed that her siblings survived that night and she spent the rest of her life, her entire life, publicizing it, trying to find them. Her daughter said in 2006 that she promised her grandparents she wouldn't let the story die and she would do everything she could to find out what happened to the kids. This is Sylvia was the youngest and this is the daughter of Sylvia. Yeah. All right, now we're getting into the possible theories. And there are not many because there's what happened. You yeah. know, it's like the fire thing, the spontaneous combustion. Yeah, yeah. All these kids could have been teleported out, like I said. <laughs> All right. One of them is the children were taken prior to the fire. Remember, she woke up to answer the phone and mm-hmm. assumed the kids went to bed. 
five children were nowhere to be seen. And the windows were open, or the curtains were open. The other, the oldest daughter, or the 19-year-old daughter was asleep. Sleep. Yeah. Children were nowhere to be found. The five children. So she assumed they went upstairs. Right. That's one of the theories, that they were taken prior to that. The phone call could have been misdirection. It could have been a coincidence. Whatever. Did the or did the ball thing happen before, or did I, the, the sound on the roof happen before or after the phone call? It happened after. After, okay. Right. Yeah. So it could have been, you woke up, they were already gone, and someone threw the fireball a half hour later. Because remember someone said they saw the children in the car? Yeah. All right, another theory. The surviving Sodar children, along with the older Fayetteville residents, have theorized that the Sicilian mafia was trying to extort money from George and the children may have been taken by someone who knew about the planned arson and said they would be safe with them. He told them they would, if they left the house, come with me, I'll keep you safe. Yeah. They could have been possibly taken back to Italy, which is part of this theory. If the children had survived all those years and were aware of their parents and siblings still looking for them and had survived the fire, the family believes that they would have avoided contact in order to keep them out of harm. Keep them safe. Yeah, 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 Correct. yeah, yeah. So maybe they said, they go back to Italy, whatever. You talk to your parents, kill you, and we'll yeah. kill your parents. Yeah. Or, but, I mean, 30 years later. Right. And Mussolini's gone but, already. But it, it was a Sicilian, it was a mafia. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe his, their dad was involved in the mafia some way. Mm. And this was like a, you didn't pay us, start your business type of thing. Now we're going to take your kids. We're going to burn your house down. But I still think at this point that would have came out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is my last theory. About that one. All right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds strange, but that might even be the most plausible. The last theory relates to the fire. And this is something I didn't bring up before. Jenny and George both had trouble accepting Morris's belief that all traces of the children's were burned in the fire. They thought it's weird. Many of the household appliances were found in the fire. Still recognizable. And they were in the ash of the wood. Mm -hmm. Along with fragments of the tin roof. The roof of the house. Which is why I heard the bouncing on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny contrasted the results of the fire with a newspaper account of a similar fire that she read around the same time that killed the family of seven. Skeletal remains of all the victims reported to have been found in that case in the same type of house, same type of roof, same type of situation. Other than, other than it was very clear that the house burned down for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. An employee of a local crematorium contacted her and told her that human bones remain even after bodies are burned at 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours, far longer than hotter, far longer and hotter than the house. Fire could have been. It was 45 minutes, right? The house Correct. Went, and yeah. it collapsed. That's why I brought up 45 minutes. Yep. It collapsed. So you, that's, that's all the theories. Yeah. Appliances are still there. Recognizable. So, yeah. Now these are made out of probably steel or, or some type of material like the tin. I mean, the tin roof, tin is not strong. So this is the three theories that the fire didn't actually happen. I know that's weird to have it as a theory, but that's kind of like a theory of like, Here's what we know based on stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's just a theory of like, doesn't explain where the kids went. Right. Just that the fire wasn't 
strong enough to burn the bones. Right. Now, there was another explanation of this, supposedly. Some people have to go back and see exactly where it came from. But they said because the house collapsed on itself that and it smoldered, it can melt the bones. But still, they're not, it's not getting hot. And it may be because it's all clumped together, it's getting hotter. It's a tin roof, too. But, like, it didn't burn appliances. Right. There should have been bones in that basement when they uncovered everything. When they went back and dug it up again. They obviously didn't just go in and just, like, they had, there was a, a kind of reputable person that was doing the digging and searching through the, the mess. After, like, years later the coroner or what pathologist that he should have been able to, he knew what he was doing. He wasn't just haphazardly digging. Right. He was looking scientifically. Yeah. They dug everything out scientifically and sifted through all of it. But this guy said, this, this crematorium guy told him like at the time when Jenny was looking at everything, yeah, questioning it, he said, Hey, Here's what happens at the crematorium. Yeah. 2,000 degrees for at right. least two hours before anything even starts to burn. <laughs> yeah. This house is only burning 45 minutes. Yeah. The fact that there's no bones. I, I understand now, like, I guess, now, I understand the flesh, but like bones. Now, there was a story about, I guess the Chief Morris found a heart and he put it in a box and buried it. And that's kind of an off story because then like, then they police went back and was like, you said you found a heart and then they, like an organ. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, no, it's like, they actually found out that it was like a, Owls organ, I don't know, something weird. Like there's some weird, there's a lot of other stories, obviously, with things like this, with anything yeah. they talk about when it comes to like mysteries and these type of situations that the longer they go, the more stories they get. And that's all we get. That's all we got. That's the mystery. Oh boy, oh boy. This is a Family. good one, man. I like this. I like this a lot. Um you like all those kids dying. That was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like it. I like when it's I hear like about Christmas kids dying. Miracle. They're all dead. Yeah. No, just um Missing, dead, something. Oh, man. So, like, okay, so. So, what do you think? I think, originally when I've, I've heard about this before, but I never, like, looked, delved as deep as you did in this. So, thank you for doing that. Uh, when I originally, and if we first started to tell me about this, the story, going into the details, I was like, oh, you know. They died in a fire. Yeah. It's easy to say. Right. Until you're looking at like all this yeah. big details. And now like again, there's a lot of like fake information out there. Sure, yeah. But then I was like, what if these kids just like a lot of my information came from the Smithsonian article by Karen Abbott called The Children Who Went Up in Smoke, uh, as well as other articles which are listed, but like that's a pretty good deep dive into it. And there's also a ton of documentaries and stuff like that. Yeah. About this, this situation. As well as there should be, man. This is nuts. It's crazy. So I was like, what if these kids have decided they wanted to run away? Maybe they had a bad life, but it doesn't seem like it. Five kids. Yeah, but like all five of them and they're all that, and that no young one, too. And no one ever, at, when you get older, you would still, for some reason, go back. Like, it's something, was it something so horrible that happened to you in your house? And that's the thing. It doesn't seem like that's the case at all. You know, like these other Even kids the older kids stuck survived. Around. Yeah, they stuck around. They never said anything bad. But then you start talking about the phone call, the missing ladder. The noise heard on the roof. I think these the electricity staying that's on. That's right. I think these kids. I'm not saying necessarily a mafia thing, but I, I think these kids were abducted. But why would they never reach out again? Or like they were murdered. Yeah. 
They were abducted for a reason I don't know. And even the older ones, I think 14, was able, was also taken. Oh, right, 14. And never responded, like 12, 14, I think it was, and never came back, never said anything. Yeah, 14-year-old Maurice, 9-year-old brother, Louis. I, yeah, I can understand, like, a little kid, and, like, someone abducts them, like, hey, I'm your new mom and dad now. Right. Like, you're you don't understand, but yeah. 14-year-old year. You're be like, you know, F you, man. You're like, I'm going back home to find a way to get back home. I do think that, like, I think the noise, kind of like something rolling down a tin roof. There's a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 5-year-old, or other ones that were missing. I mean, they were all older. That's a, Five yeah. was the youngest, it looks yeah. like. That's a quite a wide range in ages, too. You uh, would think after 20 years, even, right. you would say something. Unless you were taken far away. Yeah. You'd still... At some point, you could like again. Their phones. At some point, like even the oldest kid, you think would have been able to find a phone and be like, or write a letter, write a letter. Yeah, unless you were taken. Unless you were like, hey, if you if you, it could have like, been both. like you said with the mafia thing. Like, if you ever try to reach out to your parents, will kill you and your and like your family. Yeah, but I understand why. Like, obviously, if the mafia took them, they wouldn't just drop off the face of the earth. Like, they would probably yeah. want something back. Like, oh, you want your kids back? Right. Also, like, why would the mafia, yeah, why did the mafia want them in the first place other than, like, use them as a ransom kind of thing? Like, maybe the dad had some kind of, because he left Italy, his brother went back there. Yeah. Like, and also, what, if if the mafia did take him, I'm sure he would know about it. They would send a message. Right. Yeah. That's he the, wouldn't be that, driving around. Looking, I think yeah, that's yeah. what the other thing where they bring up so many instances why he's like going all around the world or like going all around the state. Anytime mm-hmm. something comes up, he drives there to investigate because they're like, if he was the mafia, he would know and he would not be. Oh, that's not them, actually. Yeah. They were taken to Italy or whatever. And I'm only basing this on of like movies I've seen that deal with the mafia, but like, like usually the movies, like, we're going to send them a message. Right. You put the horse head in the bed. I mean, and this was the message, but like, what's the reciprocal thing? Right. Like, yeah, they'd want something in return. Right. He's like, look, we were going to take your kids until you pay us back, that type of thing. And it looks like he was of means. He could have paid him back if it was that serious. Yeah. The fact that the ladder was found, we said it's like 75 feet away. Yes. Down an embankment. Yeah. That had been used. Like someone, again, I'm, 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 I'm trying to push the fact that I think they were abducted. I don't know why again, but that, Seems like someone was trying to keep the family from getting upstairs. They use a ladder to get in, inside, then threw a hurling ball of or a fire or whatever they use that green ball maybe, but threw something at the roof, which then caused a fire after the children were already gone. They use a ladder, ditch the ladder down down by the embankment. How do they get all those kids to go down the ladder with them without screaming? Especially the older kid. And the mom woke up and closed the windows and the yeah. stuff. The older daughter was sleeping. So from 10 o'clock until 1230, there's no, there's a gap, a window yeah. of w- what could have happened to the kids if they had left the house. And the phone call was at 1230, right? 1230. When she woke up. And realized the window wasn't shut, blah, blah, blah. So if the kids had left, it would have been in that window, a two and a half hour window. There's a decent amount, decent amount of time. To convince, a decent amount of time to convince all these kids to leave. I mean, convince, yeah, but like to actually, you can get, or to get them out. Yeah, yeah. But again, like if they did, 
put a ladder up there. Someone would have to know where the ladder was too. I'd you have to, if they knew they use the ladder to get the kids out of there. But you think one of the kids would be screaming mm-hmm. or fight back. Like, I'm not going down the ladder. Right. In order, I feel like in order to get five kids to leave with you, you need more than one person to do that. Mm-hmm. You'd need multiple people. So you think you'd someone hear someone something. upstairs. Someone would have said something eventually. Yeah. That amount of bodies walking around upstairs, screaming probably, crying maybe. And if he did shouting, get them, yelling. that makes sense with the ball on the roof because he got them out, then they threw the ball and then yeah. they drove away. But the 19-year-old sister that was sleeping on the couch never heard anything, so they didn't walk out the front door maybe? Ugh. But they went out the front door. Like, <laughs> you mentioned that. <laughs> I guess there really is no story. Like, I guess maybe they didn't really have the presence of mind time. Like, there was no presence of mind for the parents to look at the snow. Was there snow tracks? Because the if there one was d- snow, there might not have been snow. They said, they said when the snow thawed. And oh, they found right, that. That's right. But I don't yeah. know if there was snow that night. Right. That would have been later. They said weeks later, they found that ball in the bushes, in yeah. the brush. Well, so people weren't really weren't locking doors back then either. Right. But no one really had the presence of mind to be like, follow the footsteps to where the ladder went. Yeah, right. Like that type of thing. They're just frantic, and which causes the other or, details. Yeah, or the footsteps could have already been covered by the snow at that point. Yeah. Or if it was still or people were just walking around around so much they don't really pay attention they got got covered up messed right. up. Right. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, they're trying to get in and out of the house. Right. Saving their kids. Get the cars. Like moving yeah. the trucks. I mean, there's just so much going on. If you look this up, there's not a lot of detail. There's not a lot of people giving their. There's not a lot of you know researchers that chime in. Yeah. A lot of the research is done by investigative reporters. Not a lot of scientists are involved mm-hmm. that are giving like, or forensics people, you know, maybe that's me not looking in the right spot. Seems like this is just something that people just don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Like they don't know how to, where to go with it. Yeah. It seemed like the, the family, like the parents are particularly on their own as far as like getting attention. Their entire life, the rest of their lives. It. Yeah. They were and like running around the United States trying to find leads or. I mean, I think the billboard, I can't remember the billboard was up till, but it was up for a long time. Like, year, I think it was up till the 90s. So what's her name died? Or one, it might have been up till the Sylvia died. Okay. Which was in 21. I'm not positive. They put up in 52? Yeah. On the side of the house. And it was like a no, it's like a, almost like a landmark. Yeah. On route, that point, on, yeah. it's on state route 19. 19, yeah. And I even looked, so a lot of times when I do my research, I, I'm looking up the billboard thing right now, but a lot of times when I do my research, I really look at a lot of websites like to trying to find like the skeptical view of it. Yeah. And sometimes I find a lot of good stuff on the skeptical side of it. So there's a, there is a good website or a good podcast website group called Skeptoid. And a lot of times some of the stuff's on there. They, he writes articles, the guy that runs that outfit, we'll call it. He writes articles and like I went on there because he has he's been doing this in like fifteen years, two thousand six, two thousand seven, twenty eight, something like that. Insane number of years. This guy's been writing episodes all about skeptical things. Like yeah, he kind of like gives you the skeptical side of everything, all these different stories. There's nothing on the solder children in there. Weird man. The family fire. Nothing about this story. I've looked it up. It's, I've seen it a lot, but I don't, I don't I see up, much talked about. Like I only it's only a brief thing. Like. They're like, oh, they were kidnapped and that. You think like even on like, like 
reading about it. Right. The Wikipedia articles, like that Wikipedia website doesn't have anything like, yeah. this is what the scientist said about it. Yeah. Other than like the coroner and stuff like that. But like, I'm trying to did look up. Did you see anything that in regards to like maybe the parents did something or one of the other kids? I think that was talked about. That the parents involved, but why would they look into the rest of their lives? Yeah, right. Unless they're trying to put up some crazy ruse. Yeah. A lot of times. And, and you know, the Ramses do that too? For how long? Yeah, well, I don't know. Exactly. Like, that's the thing is like, if this was still the children that did it, it. I'm sorry. If this was the parents, eventually they would have found the bodies. Yeah. They would have found bodies. No bodies have ever been found. This is a, and I mentioned at the beginning Thick frame house, which is important because the heat of the fire wouldn't have got that deep unless no. like, it's not like there was a like oil reserve, <laughs> like what I'm saying, like oil, like oil furnace reserve or what, coal furnace yeah. reserve. I would think. Would the tin roof provide more heat if that sounded like, if that's like, like. But it didn't burn through the roof hot. itself. I mean, it's just wood. I mean, yeah. Maybe there was the coal in the basement the or a coal burn like, furnace. You'd mentioned like if it collapses in on itself. Right. The tin roof being super hot help, maybe melt, but it didn't get hot enough to melt. Yeah, appliances, appliances. Yeah, they're yeah. I mean, they were all like they were still recognizable. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were still back then. What do you think happened? I'm gonna say, other than there was a, a drunken Santa Claus, you know. That oh, hit, oh, hit, oh! Hit and run on the kids. Fire! <laughs> yeah, hit and run on the kids up there. They didn't really bring up when they were going to put out presents. for. That's kind of weird. And maybe they were going to do it later. But like. We said they opened some on Christmas Eve, right? Like the, the sister. Some, the sister. The sister yeah. I don't think it was. It didn't really, really goes into that. But like some of the presents. The kids wanted to stay up and play with those. Presents. Yeah. That the sister bought them, which was noted for some reason. It's weird that the mom said that the fire, saw the fire in the office by the fuse box and the telephone line. Right. Doesn't the make telef- a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting the telephone line was cut. There's reports of it being cut. Yeah. All right. So recent research done on this issue, this story. There was a story at the 60th anniversary of National Public Radio by Stacy Horn, who said that the most plausible solution is the kids died in the fire. Right? That's what we all consider was plausible. Mm-hmm. However, that because the fire smoldered all night after the house fire or after the house collapsed, and that two hours was enough was not enough time to search the asteroid. So the, the firefighters searched only for two hours, apparently. The firefighters may have not have known what to look for in the fire. As far as like body parts. Bones. But wasn't the uncle one of them who was doing that? Right. But he, they may have not, they they may not have known what to look for. That's kind of like the skeptical view is like, it's plausible they probably died in a fire because we would have found them by now. Yeah. But it, I feel the like firefighters only looked for two hours. Yeah. Which to me sounds like, yeah, they didn't look long enough. But right. also a guy went back later and that bones wouldn't have been there. They're saying that the, the fire got so hot from the smoldering ashes yeah. that it got even more hot and melted the bones. That doesn't seem right. No. It doesn't seem like it still would be hot enough. Right. They also would have known that, like, the kids... Again, they would have known 
what a body looks like, a burnt body, because a house not too far from there, same thing that happened in that seven people died yeah. in the house fire, and all the skeletons were there. Were found, yeah. In the same type of house. Right. So. I just don't understand, like, why the ladder was found that far away. Why the phone line was cut, if that's yeah. true. Like, what if. What was what was rolling on the roof? Yeah. There's so many weird little things. I don't really believe a lot of the people that say they saw the kids. That's kind of easy to fake or sure, pretend. Yeah. Or, you know, your brain. Like, there's been plenty of research. Like, people, eyewitnesses is a bad thing. Yeah. Especially the amount of time. If you go, like, hours, so, so yeah. it's worse. Yep. So that's kind of a weird thing. But memory of the details. There's still a lot of the details from that night. Seems weird. Okay, so that's what I was looking for for the, this entire time. After Jenny's death in 1989, the family took down the billboard. The billboard came out in 1989. But the children, the surviving children, still kept up the search. Okay. Still publicizing the events, helping investigators, things like that. It seems like no one knows what happened. No. And I think that's what's crazy about the story is that still to this day, the story itself, the answers people have, professionals. Right. And even there's a very lack, a big lack of professionals, maybe for whatever reason, they don't have any type of answer that sounds reasonable other than they died in the fire. Right. Again, that's, so if they died in the fire, it makes sense even though they didn't find remains, but like if they were abducted, you're saying one kid, but five kids. Right. One of them would escape. No. Unless they got abducted and murdered and stolen in a swamp. But like, why Why would that have happened, though? Like, or they or they climbed into Santa's sack. Like, what movie was it? Elf? Were you, <laughs> you remember you called me Santa's sack? Yeah. At the beginning of this? Yeah, this is, you know, <laughs> your nickname. But after Santa was like, hey, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe they climbed in the Santa sack and they're up in the North Pole now. Making presents. I mean, that's the best case scenario. <laughs> Making me presents. Why would no one notice five kids just walking around, like just. And their billboards up in town. Yeah. For years. Like they would have to get far, very far away. I feel like in a very quick amount of time. Well, to get somewhere again, where, get somewhere the where they weren't noticed. Yeah, but yeah, still. Time was kind of relative yeah like it it's not like they're just cameras everywhere like we have now no, i know I'm, not every gas station yeah. has a camera right we're, we're dealing with eyewitnesses yeah middle of the night west virginia like there have been a lot of things that happened but yeti most people who look at this scientifically said they died in a fire mm. but then those are the same people that said that fire wasn't hot enough right I wonder if there's any research done like, okay, we're going to burn this wooden house with this same, like rebuild the house. Yeah. Burn it. Yeah. Again, same type of situation. Everything that you know from the family's reports, put that into the house. I wonder if anyone's ever done that. Like a myth, myth, uh, excuse me, like a myth. Mythbusters, yeah. Because that would be pretty telling. Right. Did it get hot enough after all that stuff collapsed into the basements? We should do that. Hey, everybody subscribe so we can fund this. <laughs> Build a house. Yeah. The or buy it. Specifications. Buy a house, yeah. And we're going to burn it. I mean, that would be a great experiment. That would close the case right there. 
or make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> because if it, if it didn't get hot enough, you're like, well, okay, well, well, now we know the kids are somewhere. Right. And what did the fact that it's snowing that night too, like not help it's the ground cause cooler. of it? Yeah. Of it the ground being cooler. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe this there's, is... and maybe it's something like, oh, there was a cool bait. There was, uh, it was a cold fire thing. So they furnace so that, you know, they used coal. So the basement was full of coal. 40s. I'm not sure what primary means of heat. Maybe it was the fireplace. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those abandoned coal fires going on below. Centralia, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the abominable snowman. In West Virginia? Yeah. It's more like Yeti type of thing. A squanch. Bottle of snowman, Christmas. Squanch. Squanch. Is that what they call them on that show? Squanch. The Squanch. Sasquatch. What's, yeah, what's Squanch from? It's from that show. What show? The uh, Bigfoot show. What Bigfoot show? It's a Bigfoot show on the History Channel. Okay. They, they, oh, call, they call them Squanches, I think. Okay. I think I heard a commercial or something. I thought like I watched it. Wink, it's, wink. It's like a stink ape. I don't know. A stink ape? Isn't that from like... It's like the like down south. Oh, is that what they call it? In the bayou. Their parents like really smelly. That's just like our friends running around down there. <laughs> I just don't know where they... What if it happened? Yeah. The skeptic in me, but the also the normal person in me in the hat, they probably just died in a fire. Yeah. And, and this is just a family trying right. to... Trying to say that they didn't, and I understand There's that. No it's keeping hope, yeah. And maybe there wasn't remains, but I don't understand how that would happen then. Just like with the the spontaneous combustion, yeah. From last week's episode, two really great Christmas <laughs> themes that we have here. Happy holidays! Yeah, this is um really didn't did it with this one, Chris. Christmas Eve. Yep. Christmas Day. This is what Christmas is about. <laughs> Family and murders. Fire. Fire. Family murders. Abductions, maybe. Well, Jordan, yet another mystery. Yet another episode. Didn't solve it. No hope of solving this one. You think we'll ever solve one? Hell no. You need money to do that (laughs) stuff. I'd imagine you probably need some money to do some stuff. Like I said, give me some money. I'll put up an experiment where we can build an exact replica of the house. Burn it down. And burn it down. I'm not saying it's going to be helpful. <laughs> but we get to burn something. You want to donate a house to me. I don't want to pay taxes on it. Yeah. You know, but if it's like someone wants to get involved in, I mean, again, someone way smarter than me, someone with actual credentials to do some, you know, investigation like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, you know, I'd tag along. Take the glory. Take the glory. <laughs> you know, just give you a weekend or two. Yeah. But... I don't really think that's helpful in any way. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, so in that case, go back to your question. We're probably not selling anything. Yeah. But. It's um, fun to talk about. Yeah. I don't think we're going to solve anything, but we're here to have fun on Christmas Eve and talk about <laughs> children being, you know, it's not funny, but like. Yeah. The story is crazy. Yeah. And we're talking about Christmas Eve. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's releasing on Christmas, this episode. This is what we do. Yeah. So. Here we are. Well, happy holidays out there to everybody. Cherish your loved ones. Enjoy the time together. Have fun. Have a good holiday. Spend time with family. Jordan, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm thankful for you. 
being my pal. But that's more of a Thanksgiving thing here in America. <laughs> Not really the Christmas thing. Yeah. My present, my spirit, present is spirit of it. If I could open up a gift and it was you, that's my present. No. For Christmas. Christmas. The only thing I want for Christmas is you. Is that what a song by the Mariah Carey? Yeah. By, by the Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, ditto. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you are actually tuning in, maybe I'm just talking to no one except for Jordan's mom. <laughs> Merry Christmas out there. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Be safe. Thank you for being here. Please reach out to us on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, at Mysterious Pals, Twitter, at Mysterious underscore Pals. Look for us in any podcast platform. We're pretty much on all of them. Please subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube and please, what's it called? Follow us on any podcast platform. I think they all have different ways of saying yeah. subscribe, follow, whatever. We're on everything. Just do whatever you have to do. If you want to have any ideas for stories, maybe yep. New Year's type of thing, please reach out. Mysteriouspals at gmail.com currently. Mysteriouspals.com will take you to uh, a link tree that links to everything. Thank you for being here, Jordan. And please stay mysterious. Stay merry serious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye.